You're listening to Moto the Podcast, a podcast about life, music, culture, entertainment, and pretty much everything, led by two future lawyers, Mahini and Toby. Moto, that's why it's called Moto. Hello, Happy New Year, Happy 2022. Hello, Happy New Year to you too. I feel like it's quite late on. It's the 26th of January, but... Yeah, we have exchanged Happy New Years to each other. We just This is our first one back since our last episode, which was Christmas special, wasn't it? Yeah, this is a Happy New Year to the fans. Happy New Year, fans. The last time you heard from us, yeah, it was our, as Toby said, Christmas special. We played a little game with you guys, and and if you, know, if you listen to the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, go back and listen to that. We had great feedback, but we're, we're trying to tread lightly around this because we have a guest today, and I think we're going to be playing the same game, so... I won't say any more about that. Go and listen to the last episode. Get caught up if you haven't already. Yeah, I think we should introduce the guest now. He's actually been on our radio show from uni before. He sat next to me and he can't stop grinning. I think number one fan would be an understatement. He's listened to everything. He's shared everything. He's crying now. Oh my God, the emotions (laughs) are high. Yeah, drum roll please for Dylan Purnell Mullet. Woo woo. Hello, everybody. I have been warned before I came on today that it was going to be high levels of fame. I just got a little message from Mahini, like, I don't know if you're ready for it. Yeah. And she showed me that, how wide your listening base is. So I know to my fans across the globe, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, lovely to, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's all going to change after tonight, Dylan. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, I feel like I've been there for the birth of Moto. I was there when it was just your brainchild. Sounds like a really ugly child that you've had. <laughs> So yeah, but obviously before Moto dot the podcast, we were a radio show, Radio at Warwick, and uh, Dylan, I guess that makes you our first recurring guest. Oh, a- honoured, absolutely honoured. Yeah, you sound it. He's quite a sarcastic guy by nature, but honestly, he's honoured. You'll get used to it by the end, yeah. So Dill, obviously you've listened to the Christmas special, you know that we played a game on it. Um, um, uh, 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 um so... He's not listened, and he's not listened. <laughs> That's fine. Bite because... his lip, that's all I can see. <laughs> it, 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 was a, it was a very busy period. But it's fine, we can rectify it today because we're going to play the game that we played in the Christmas special right here, right now. Toby, I'll let you. So Dylan, I'm going to ask you three quick fire questions and I need you to just say... All right, okay. I need you to just say the first answer that comes to your mind. That is imperative for this. Okay, now the first question is, if you're an animal, what animal would you be? Quick. Frog. A frog. Okay, now if you couldn't be a frog, what animal would you be buffalo <laughs> and if you couldn't be a buffalo or a frog what animal would you be an eagle an eagle so we got a frog <laughs> a buffalo an eagle mahini can i pass over to you to do the uh, psychoanalysis yeah there, i feel please? like a child because as you were playing that i was just giggling by myself in the corner basically the premise of the game the first animal that you say is the animal that you want people to view you as so you want people to see you as a frog from my understanding of <laughs> i think you maybe have like a prince charming complex you want to be kissed by a lot of women and then not evolve into said prince um the second animal is the animal that people actually view you as so people actually view you as a buffalo was it that's a positive is it um the mighty buffalo dylan the mighty buff that's what people say isn't it the mighty buffalo Right, anyway, I don't know what to read from that, but the third one is what you actually are, so an eagle, so... Yeah, I, I think it all went uphill. I, I have played this game before, actually. It, you start with an animal, and then a piece of clothing, and then, like, right. a body a body of water. It's not the same game, though, Dylan, is it? You've done a different... different. You've done the uh, MIT version of the yeah. test. <laughs> Classic Buffalo Dylan. <laughs> um, okay, so now I feel... Dylan, do you think you're warmed up, ready to go? Yeah, I, I think that was a good icebreaker. How much does a polar bear weigh? 
200 kilos. Enough to break the ice. <laughs> he laughed. I can tell both you and me, Dylan, we both thought that was like a matter of fact question. <laughs> Righto. So the listeners are probably wondering what Dylan has to do with music. Nothing, um, because we've moved on from the mini series of music and we're actually doing a cultural mini topic. And what does Dylan have to do with culture? I'll pass on to Toby to answer that. Or maybe Dylan, I don't know. Wow, that's uh, you giving me the hard question there. Well, hopefully Dylan's going to tell us himself. Yes, this uh, this mini-series heralds a new topic, culture, obviously quite broad. We're going to be covering all sorts. We just, we just want to have honest conversations with people from different backgrounds and different lived experiences and just find out how those experiences have shaped the world. And uh, we're starting with our friends and... Um, We'll see, see where the miniseries takes us. So, Dylan, let's do a nice, easy question. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Thanks for breaking it in slowly, Toby. <laughs> yeah, it's... Just to um... repeat the question, it was, who are you? <laughs> but it's very vague. It's not something that I get the opportunity to talk about very much. But I'm of mixed heritage. My dad's from India, and although he's pretty anglicised now, <laughs> to be fair to him. And my mum's Irish, originally. And so, yeah, I've been brought up with a bit of a, a cultural mix that most people haven't really been exposed to, which has been an interesting experience. Uh, I think particularly for my mum and dad, um, when they first got together, trying to navigate the, the kind of the different elements of that. So I've got some stories to share. Amazing. Yeah, so we've got a list of loads of questions that are probably quite generic that you'd want to ask someone that comes from dual backgrounds. But obviously we're an organic chat show. We don't have to follow <laughs> the list exactly. But just to get us kick-started... I'm going to go with number one on my list. How does all of the different parts and facets of both cultures weave into your wanting and desire to learn about each side? Does it feel confusing? Do you feel like you do you feel like you're leaning to one side more or less? And what is that like? Going straight in with the deep ones. That's number one on the list, guys. <laughs> um, actually, what I would say to that is that it's changed a lot with age, to be honest with you. Because um, growing up, uh, particularly the area I was from, it was a very white middle class area. And so I was the only mixed race lad in my school and in the whole area I lived in. And when you're kind of a teenager or just growing up, you always just want to sort of fit in. And so particularly with my with my Indian side, it was I always feel like Indian especially when you're a kid is used as a synonym for being a bit nerdy or a bit uncool and so it my relationship with my own identity back then was I would almost kind of sweep it under the rug or or try and I used to try and pretend I was from other places like you know southern European or something like that and then as I got older, especially after moving to uni, when you're introduced to people that are more diverse and stuff like that, um, I realised that it's actually something to be really proud of. And, and since then, I, yeah, bang on about it all the time. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Dylan. That's It's very interesting. So just to start then, when you were at school, did you feel like you were consciously thinking about it a lot and trying to be something other than who you were who you were born to be yeah absolutely when I was a really small kid I thought the Indian side was so cool because it made me so so different to all of my friends and I remember like when you'd have these international days at schools and stuff like that I'd get mum to come in with like all of the Indian sweets and snacks and like she'd wear a sari it's very funny seeing a white <laughs> Irish woman wearing a sari uh, into your primary school 
and then as you get especially as you like approach teenage years you want to be cool or you want to fit in and everywhere you look on the tv whether it's like raj on the big bang show or a poo in simpsons it's always like the indian kid's always the one that's not not the cool one or is a bit nerdy and that really got to me and i'd often be singled out as the indian kid which you know partly i didn't like that because i thought that's people saying i'm i'm uncool or or whatever and partly because of my mum's side i felt like it was denying this whole other side of my heritage as well sure so yeah and and it was like that for a few years me and Dill have spoken about how sometimes someone might come up to you and say, oh, where are you from? Like, can't really place your look, can't really place your name. And it's kind of a running joke in our friendship group that occasionally someone has come up to me and said, oh, you look kind of Spanish. <laughs> and I was always really, really flattered by that. And Dill obviously gets that as well. Being mixed race, he looks less Indian than I do. So the Spanish European that kind of commentary gets thrown at him and we were saying how odd it is to take that as a compliment so every time someone says that I look Indian I would sometimes internalize that as a bit of a oh no I don't which is silly and it's I kind of massively relate to what you're saying because when we were younger it was really cool we could show off at the bring your own food into the show and tell day and then suddenly it was not cool anymore and then suddenly it's cool again because you have an edge to you which a lot of people think is really fascinating and it's kind of like a whirlwind because you go from rejecting your culture to wanting to embrace it yeah yeah absolutely and I had I never I think it's when we spoke about it but I didn't really put my thumb on it at the time so when when like when someone would say to you oh you look Indian and I'd be like a bit offended by it and be like I'd never think why on earth am I because they're like they're half right (laughs) they're like 50% of the way there and then I've been to Spain as well it's not like the population are that much more attractive than the Indian subcontinent anyway but but it's only now kind of with a bit of fresh perspective and like Mahini said it's because especially sort of southern Europeans uh, painted this idea of being kind of sun-kissed attractive and you know the Indian caricature is the guy working at the call center or the um, corner shop man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the or the the corner shop woman. Oh, how have we missed out IT? There's a whole Indian demographic dedicated <laughs> in TV. I suppose for me, I, I kind of wish that I'd had like more of a mixed heritage that I could. I just think there's there's so much of the world that is unexplored for so many people. And when you're raised in a family where there's you know who have already experienced lots of different cultures, it gives you such a um, a unique sort of outlook on life as you grow up especially when you kind of sort of reclaim those aspects of yourself as you get older and and you really try to you know I don't know get it more in touch with that side of your family or that side of your community or whatever I just think it's something to be proud of he's trying to say it looks better on a tinder bio (laughs) it's always like oh first round's on me if you can guess where I'm from (laughs) yeah I've seen that one so much come on guys let's get more original I also think that sometimes it gets romanticized a bit and people that I've spoken to that come from dual nationalities they're like oh but it's not as nice because it means you're not as close to the cultures as ideally you would like to that's exactly what I was just going to say because you mentioned Toby that it's nice to have those different connections and you know it makes you more interesting but I always felt one of my biggest insecurities especially like going back to growing up but still now 
is that when when I'll talk about my heritage or um, or where I'm from or where my family's from, and especially when I talk about the Indian side, I feel quite disconnected from it. You know, I I've never been, and, and Mihini will laugh at me because we we have. I still I get snippets of Indian culture through my grandparents, so I'll go over and be like, "Oh, my um, grandma made me eat the thingy in the tray, and <laughs> I had the dosa thing." And then oh, I tried dosas recently. They're good, right? Changed my life. I now find myself craving them. Yeah, it, it changed mine too. I didn't even know about it. I still feel even at the grand old age of twenty-five now that it's something that I've I've not explored at all. And that was another thing that that I felt when people were saying, oh, you're Indian. Well, I, I thought, I don't know anything about it. I don't yeah. know anything about the country. I don't celebrate any of the festivals. My dad, he speaks a bit Hindi, but he hasn't really passed anything on. Right. Whereas my mum, I was sort of raised more in her Irish Catholic mould, I guess you could say. And so I always felt a lot more culturally connected to that side which was why, uh, you know, I had difficulty when people would say, oh, because you're brown, you know, you, you look Indian. But I'd been raised as something entirely different, um, mostly because my mum's not as lazy as my dad is when it comes to these things. But that, that was another aspect of kind of balancing the two two different sides that I've, I've found difficult. So it sounds like you have a particularly unique sort of dual nationality have you not encountered many people with a similar kind of fusion of of cultures and and upbringings not not where i grew up but mm. i've noticed it becoming increasingly common sort of as i got older with people that are a bit younger than me as well and obviously for for people our age that you'll you'll always meet someone that's in a relationship with some of a different race but irish and india is one that is a particularly rogue combination I always enjoyed hearing stories about my mum and dad's wedding. Right. What kind of wedding did they have? Was it an Indian wedding, was it? Well, they they did both. Oh, wow. And Indian weddings are supposed to last like a week. And I remember my mum saying to me when we went to the... Oh, I don't, what do you call him, Mahini? You're going to have to give me more than that. Uh, this is exactly it. He looks to me as the source of Indian knowledge yeah, and I'm failing. <laughs> I'm failing my people. So my mum goes up to the Pandit, I think it's called. And he's telling her, okay, usually it will be there for like a week and there's these festivities. And my mum says to this guy, you've got three hours. And it was also the weirdest mix of people there because true to their heritage, most of my mum's Irish family are, are big alcoholics. And it's tradition in Indian weddings that you leave a bottle of whiskey on every wedding table. And the Irish are really good at drinking whiskey. The Indians are good at making it. So all of these Irish people who had never seen any brown people in their lives and had barely even been to the UK before, and they moved from this Catholic wedding into this Indian temple, and the first thing they see is a free bottle of whiskey on every table, <laughs> and it's just absolute carnage. All of them jump for it. That's so funny. I always used to, when I was little, used to massively romanticise the idea of a wedding that was Indian mixed with something else, because I think growing it up, especially like in more traditional families I think mine's not as traditional as it could be not that I want it to be but it's quite anglicized now and even still even with that context it's kind of emphasized and expected that lots of people in my family will just marry other Indian people and 
true to the rebel nature inside of me I was like no 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 that's it's more exciting I don't know I think because it was something that wasn't expected of me it sort of made me feel more attracted to seek another kind of ethnicity and every time I would hear that someone came from a mixed background I'd be so the first thing and I still do it now didn't and Toby probably will all know I'm always like but how did your parents meet and I'm like always keen to ask I think it's so romantic yeah again romanticizing a situation that probably yeah what Mahini says is so true uh, and I think it usually takes like a first generation to take the step because at risk of my grandparents won't be listening so I think it's safe to say this uh, why will your grandparents not be listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, she hasn't quite mastered the uh, the podcast yeah I keep trying to get them into it but my mum and her in-laws so um you know her Indian in-laws they don't have a very good relationship really and they've never got on and um largely the reason is because when they came over to the UK I think like Mahini says you always expect especially in Indian families for them to go on and marry someone of the same race and so it was very and this is in the 80s as well um for someone to marry from for my dad you know to marry a working class woman from from Ireland was just not in their plan and I think they let her know about it a bit at the beginning is something she's always apt to rhyme me. Um, and so, yeah, they had a really, really tough time. Um, my dad didn't tell his parents for so long. Um, and then she didn't feel very well treated by them when she did. And, you know, ironically, she felt that her family were very welcoming and accommodating of of dads. But um, but she wasn't she wasn't treated the same way. So, you know, it is it is a bit of a joke when Rini says it and it's true, but it's it's really difficult for, for people going through that the first time because not being able to tell your family or worrying about how they're going to treat you because you've branched out from the norm a bit is, is quite scary. So obviously sounds very Romeo and Julia, but I think there's a reason it's like a Taylor's oldest time, isn't it? It's really interesting in Indian culture as well because it's not just needing to be Indian. There's so many different subsets within that the type of Indian that you are so I'm Gujarati so my family would expect me to well they don't but in theory I'd be expected to not only marry someone who's also Gujarati but then there's like a gazillion castes out there and then they'd also have to be Lohana which is my caste and it's just the whole thing is so outdated and old-fashioned it makes me so mad but then on the other hand like because my family have been talking about it for so long I kind of understand to an extent where they're coming from because like it's easier when someone understands where you've come from in order to build a future with them because they get what's important to you. They get the values that you have. But then that's not to say that people from a different culture can't have that too. And that's sometimes a frustrating part of my culture. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I suppose everyone's unique. So it almost feels very superficial, this sort of affiliation to certain subgroups within a whole country. And anyone that hasn't lived it or knows someone who's lived it, it's difficult to sort of comprehend. That's what I find quite funny about my Irish family. A couple of years ago, I did sort of a, a road trip around the country, just visiting family members. A few of them I hadn't met before. And I went with my cousins. So they met through my... Well, it's my mum's side, but she married um, a, a bloke from Liverpool. So they're related to me, but they're white. So we were driving around seeing his family and a, an uncle, 
apparently he was an uncle he could have been anyone to be fair he took us (laughs) out one evening and he was asking my cousins these questions about themselves and he wasn't really directing any questions towards me but he was just looking at me quite quizzically and then towards the end of the night he sort of finished talking to them and he just turned and looked at me and he went so aren't you like some kind of like Italian exchange student or something like <laughs> like the idea that he could be blood related to someone that didn't have pasty Irish skin he was finding incredibly difficult yeah what did you say to him I said yeah mate sure <laughs> just take the L sometimes it's a little bit easier so yeah it doesn't happen with people our age but that's the kind of situation I would run into a lot you say that and obviously like I think the vast majority of people our age are more nuanced and more sensitive and have a better way of putting across questions like where are you from like tell me about your name that kind of thing but I had an experience where I once told someone where I was from and they were so confused they were like I don't understand it's not that sunny in England and (laughs) and I was just like oh brother (laughs) and oh actually this reminds me of a question Toby asked um in terms of do you feel British and English we were talking about what it means to be British, given it does seem to be such an ethnically diverse and multicultural society. Do you consider yourself British? I don't think we um, we introduced it at the beginning. You obviously, you, you live in Leicester, don't you? Although you've moved to London now. I'm from Leicester, but I live in Tooting now. Well, just say London because the ladies are going to be knocking down every door in Tooting if we give the exact. Yeah, just above the uh, takeaway place, Paradise by the way, if you're interested. You can have some eggs hit in the window later. (laughs) But I I think the what it means to be British question is a bit of a thorny one. I mean, we saw it a lot this summer with like the, especially with the Euros, I thought, and that was a team of mixed race lads and, and black lads. And I thought that's the first time I've ever seen lads who are not ethnically English. Yeah. Really embracing being... British and I like to think what it means to be British now is is being part of a country that is diverse and has lots of different ethnicities and cultures within the area because I certainly feel and proudly British and aspects of this culture that I you know I'm really proud of and, and I love and much more so than anywhere else you know Ireland or India but then on the other hand, you have the other side of the argument, which is the whole take back control thing. So I feel like there's two sides to it now and it's very different to get balance. Yeah, I suppose it must be frustrating, especially having studied law as well and knowing the legal technical side of what it means to take back control and how that's often at odds with what people think is going on or think is possible um, like in relation to uh, leaving the EU. And then also obviously knowing, especially if you live in like London, how diverse parts of the UK can be yeah yeah well I think there's distinguishing between heritage and sort of culture and both are part of your identity but they they mean completely different things yeah I always thought it was funny when when I went to Warwick because I don't know we're having a podcast about how I've got two parents from two completely different places but at the end of the day I was born in Leicester and then I moved from Leicester to Coventry for uni. And then I managed to branch out to London, which was two hours <laughs> down the road. 
And it, you you remember from Warwick, Toby, is that it, there's so many international students. Yeah. And especially during Freshers' Week, everyone was like, oh, so where are you from? Was my dad, he worked for HSBC in Hong Kong, and then I moved to Singapore, and now I'm here. And they're like, where are you from? And, uh, well, actually, I was born in Earlsdon in, like, central <laughs> Coventry. And then I moved 45 minutes down the M69 to Leicester. And um, now I'm back in Coventry. Come full circle. Yeah, that's why it's so hard to answer the where are you from? No, but where are your parents from? The question, because I always, mine still doesn't make any sense. I say, I was born in Leicester. And they're like, no, 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 but where are you from from and then I'm like oh well my parents were born in Africa and then they're like but you don't look African and I'm like well no Sandra I don't look African because I'm not African my parents just happened to have immigrated there for economic and other reasons and now they like it's so annoying but I understand why people ask yeah well I was gonna ask you I mean I don't get annoyed by it and often I've been around people who have seen that being done to me and they're like, that was so offensive. But especially if it's sort of a generation of people a bit older who haven't been exposed to that before. I always think it's the wrong attitude to get really angry at them. And yeah, I, I, a lot of the time they are just genuinely interested. I think like actual curiosity, I don't mind. And I'd always chat to someone and I think it's interesting. Like I think it's interesting when it's someone else's background. But sometimes there's an edge to the line of questioning that you get and it makes me feel really invalid to say that I'm British or English sometimes and when someone makes me feel like that then I'll start to get my guards up a little bit more but like other than that I'm open to a little conversation down African lane I don't know African lane (laughs) I'm open to explaining because I think it is interesting but when someone's coming for you then it's a bit awkward well look I, I alluded to this when we were planning Mahini a mistake that I think of and I want to know your thoughts on the situation so I just remember this was one time when I, when I was back at school it was like a weekday evening or like Friday evening or something like that and um, I think my mum and dad were going out uh, for the evening and someone had ordered a takeaway without mentioning it scandalous I think it was for my brother and it was all a bit mad in the house it was a little bit like the beginning of home alone when they were running around and, and the doorbell went and I answered it and there was this Chinese lady who was delivering a takeaway. And I, so I was a bit confused because I, I wasn't aware of anyone ordering a takeaway. So I, I shouted up the stairs to mom. I was like, mom, uh, did you order a Chinese? And she was like, no, Indian. Like, it's an Indian. <laughs> the thing is, I could have said, did you order a takeaway? And that would have covered me. But I just it just came out wrong. And to be honest, she was really like, she laughed. She thought it was funny. But I do feel like I made a mistake there. Is this like a therapy session, Toby? You're getting stuff off your chair. <laughs> To be fair, if someone did that to me, I'd find it funny. But I get why, as a white male, you feel a bit small for doing that. I was a lot younger, I'll admit that, but I just remember it. And I just remember how I felt as well when I made the mistake. (laughs) Yeah, I can't speak on her behalf, but you're forgiven in my eyes. Oh, I don't understand. Why can't you speak on her? (laughs) It's funny you say that because also some of my favourite, favourite reactions are like the people that are interested to know where you're from. But and then immediately let you know that they're on your side. So I uh, went out not long ago to um, like the Blues Kitchen in Brixton or something. And uh, I was in the smoking area and a bloke there just started talking to him. And he was like, oh, you've got 
really really nice skin are you like um i've I'm, i've got a bit of portuguese in me myself like where are you from and i was, I was telling oh, my dad's indian my mum's irish and he goes oh nice nice me i hate racists i do <laughs> and i was like oh well thank god for that mate <laughs> thanks thanks dude from smoking area <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. You can't write this stuff, can you? It's hard to believe that, that someone would say that. But yeah, but I could tell. Like, well, I believe him, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he was he was starting a conversation with me. He was being a nice guy, so I thought I'm not going to jump down his throat. You know, I think it makes people uncomfortable sometimes because they're confronted with stuff that they see everywhere and then all of a sudden they feel like they need to answer for everyone who's white. Like, yeah. don't worry, guys, I'm not like the rest of them. Did we have any other questions, Meanie? I don't think we have any more. This was interesting. It was kind of nice to do something with a guest. So thanks so much, Dill, to come on. Um, He has made it sound like he was asked on. He's been asking for about a year now. (laughs) And it was his birthday last week. So this is Moto's gift to you. Oh, yeah. I I meant to say happy belated birthday. Thanks, Toby. I'm trying to draw it out for the whole month. Did you have a good one? Yeah, I didn't see you there. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out, unfortunately. You know why? You know why it is? It's because he doesn't like Indians. Yeah, it could be, it could be that. I've still never met Mahini in person. I have, for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing to say is anyone who wants to come on and talk about their experiences or anything, just life, culture, music, entertainment. No, guys, we're focusing on the culture right now. Stick to the branding, Toby. Stick to the branding. Culture. Well, I've got two siblings if you want different versions of the same story. <laughs> yeah, Dylan's brother's really good looking, so we should reach out. Dylan looks really unimpressed, like I've said. (laughs) Yeah, no, if anyone wants to come and talk about cultural experiences, it doesn't have to be ethnicity or race. It could be... Anything. Think of something else cultural. Well, that's why I said music, entertainment, works, and then you called me out. It's a broad topic. Okay, thanks, Dill. Dill just did a thumbs up. Such a rookie. Thumbs up can't be seen or heard on a... This is my first time on the radio. So uh, thumbs up, everyone. (laughs) Well, thank you, Dylan. Enjoy your birth month. See you next time. It's nice to know that my co-host is not racist. Yeah, what have we learned today? <laughs> That's... <laughs>